Hello and welcome to episode four of the Mustangs Report, the official podcast of the Western Mustangs. I'm your host, Ryan Robinson, and today we continue our Mustangs season of celebration as we are talking to our male and female athletes of the year. This year, as part of our Mustangs Awards, we announced our female athlete of the year is Kate Current from the cross-country team and track and field. She had a fantastic season and a bunch of medals to go along with it. And our male athlete of the year is from our Vanier Cup winning football team. That would be Deontay Knight. Really excited to get a chance to check in with these two student-athletes to see about how great their seasons went and all the fantastic stories that go along with it. Enjoy. Joined now by Kate Current, uh, our Female Athlete of the Year. Uh, I, I would go through the bio, Kate, but I feel like we would be here a while, and I know you would probably get annoyed with me as I got about halfway through it. So uh, first and foremost, uh, congratulations on being Female Athlete of the Year for the second time. Um, so Thank you. I, I, I know for the awards gala, you, you weren't able to be here. You did send in a, a nice video that apparently you said you had to do a couple of times. Um, so first and foremost, reminder for those who are watching, uh, Kate is not currently in a purple environment. She is somewhere else. So take us through where, where you're at right now and what's going on. Yeah, I'm actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. So I left the day after we got back from the U Sports Championships and drove down to New Mexico. Uh, so I'm here for a month just living and training and hoping to get the benefits of altitude and oxi oxygen deprivation. Um, so I'm currently uh, coming in from the University of New Mexico library. Um, and yeah, I would have loved to have been there for the athletic gala. It was really sad to have missed it. But like you said, I was able to attend virtually. Um, and yeah, I filmed that video from a Motel 6 in Springfield, Missouri at like 2 a.m. Uh, on my way to Albuquerque. So it's been an adventure. Well, thank you for doing that because it was one of those things where, I, and I know when you know the de decision was made that you were athlete of the year, and I, I remember having a few conversations, and then all of a sudden I got a text message of, "Oh, by the way, Kate won't be there," and I was like, "Well, how are we gonna make sure she?" But I, I understand that you were you were FaceTimed in, you got to see things, even though Guy may or may not have been <laughs> having a conversation. We'll, we'll talk about Guy later on. So. Um, before we get too far into things, take me back to the start of the year, because I know obviously, um, you know, last year was, quote, supposed to be your last year. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody kind of had the move forward a year thing. How much were you looking forward to kind of getting back into competition and how much were you kind of thinking coming into the year maybe that, you know, this is the last year and you really wanted, I'm sure, to be a big year as well? I feel like I've had three last years at Western. So it was this year I knew was for sure going to be my last year. And I really wanted to make the most of it. Um, yeah. Last summer we were finally able to have some very limited meets um, on the outdoor track. So I did get a sense that, you know, we're actually going to have seasons this year. Um, so we went into the cross country season and very confident that we were going to have races. I, that wasn't, so much the same for track because we had we were fortunate to get the full fall season all the sports were competing and then obviously another covid lockdown i wasn't convinced it wasn't until end of january even into february like two weeks before our first meet that i, I up until that point i wasn't convinced we were even going to be racing um but i mean it, it didn't change the way i trained or did 
any of my running related things. So it worked out well in the end, I'd say. Now, it goes without saying, being a student athlete is not easy. Um, you schedule, your schedule doesn't just go a portion of the year. Nothing n- nothing against you know the teams and the, uh, the sports that have only a portion of the season. You go cross country from the get go, which I'm, as you said, you're doing summer runs and that kind of thing. So, how tough is it to to be not only a student athlete for you, but an entire year student athlete? Oh, and you also transition from one to the other in the middle. Honestly, I would prefer to be a dual sport athlete than to just have one. I feel like we have downtime between every season, so we technically have three seasons, two of which are with the university, and between each season we have seven to ten days off, and in in that week, week and a half, I, I don't know what to do with myself. My life crumbles. Like, I, I'm not productive. I don't do schoolwork. Like, running keeps, keeps me sane and keeps me uh, on top of my schoolwork, so... It is really good for me, at least, to be a dual sport athlete. Um, But the transition from cross country to track is a more difficult one compared to indoor to outdoor, outdoor to cross country, I would say, because they're just so different. Like you're going from competing in eight kilometer cross country race across golf golf courses, um, not course, to running around a 200 meter track. Like it's just, it's a very different sport. Um, but fortunately this year we did a lot of our base season training for the indoor season on roads and at spring Bank park. Um, not by choice. That was a COVID thing. Um, but it actually, it worked out really well. Um, I feel like we, the transition was a lot smoother because we were doing a lot more aerobic work early on compared to what we normally would do for the indoor season. So I was really happy with how it turned out. Now, I know you said coming into the year, you were really looking for a big year. Cross-country season, you run into an injury. Um, you, did Was that a scenario where you kind of said, I have a plan in mind, but in true Kate fashion, you went, well, something went a little sideways and uh, we'll try and figure it out. Because uh, you, you were to the point where, I believe, I believe if you told me correctly or not, and I can edit this out if need be, uh, there was a certain coach who came up to you on a starting line and said, oh, by the way, Kate, uh, you're going to sit this one out. Yeah, that wasn't exactly the way that I wanted things to go. I didn't exactly anticipate walking into the corner of my coffee table, Um, but things happen. Um, So yeah, it wasn't until Western Invite, I think was our first meet, I think. Um, And I was warming up, I was doing my strides, obviously like in a lot of pain. I was like, this might not be the smartest idea. And then he comes up and he's like, yeah, you're not gonna race. And then after that, I didn't race the next two races. Um, and so I had one race before OUA. So it was not exactly the season that I was expecting. I, I have to giggle because the fact that you just said I was in a lot of pain, I have a succession of photos of you warming up and you are smiling and giggling and back and forth. And I may or may not edit one or two of these photos in. Um, so just the fact that it kind of speaks to your perseverance, it's you, you were apparently in a lot of pain, but you know, in those situations where is, is that just a, a mentality and a kind of a, a kind of hyping yourself up kind of thing for the race sort of thing? Or is that, you know, being the captain of the team, you have to kind of make a lead by example perspective? Well, it's kind of both. I mean, I was planning until Guy talked to me on the line, I was planning on racing. And I think if I had accepted that I was in pain, it just like if I had raced, it would have gone horribly. And I just would have been thinking about it. And it would have been in my head the whole time. But also, like that was our home meet. I wanted to, you know, 
I wanted everyone to have a good time. I didn't want anyone to be like stressed out. Um, so I guess it's a bit of both. Uh, obviously the cross country season went well for the team second at OU's second at nationals um, talk about before we get to the track side of things talk about how obviously well championship season went on the cross country side oh my god it was so exciting the whole season um, we had been racing against Guelph at every race I, I'm pretty sure um, that could be wrong, but Guelph was like our biggest competitor in the races that we were competing at. Um, I think they were ranked first going into U sports. So every race we were like, all right, let's do our best to bring Guelph down. And that <laughs> didn't happen at any of the meets. Um, but that didn't, that didn't knock, knock us down. Um, I think we came second to Guelph at OUAs, but still, like, we were convinced, absolutely convinced that, like, if everyone had their best race, we would 100% um, beat them. And I think everyone maintained that ment mentality all season. <clears throat> and unfortunately, we did lose one of our top runners, Anna, um, before U Sports, which hurt, but everyone, even Anna, maintained an incredible uh, mentality with racing. Um, so you went into it just wanting to wanting to one medal and two be Guelph for the first time um and we happen to do both and obviously a couple more medals to go along with all the other medals and, and then maybe we'll talk about some of the other things that are going on along the line uh before we go from track from cross country to track um Obviously, as you mentioned, as mentioned, you're the you were the captain. You know, you, you led the team. You ran through some adversity, no pun intended. Um, but how good do you feel that group is? You know, situated for the next couple of years now, because obviously there's some some pretty good runners and some pretty younger members of that team that uh, are going to kind of carry things forward. Mm -hmm. I do have to correct you though, Ryan. I was mm. co-captain with Jenna. Um, <laughs> she was a great co-captain. Um, <laughs> but it was really exciting seeing how young the team is, and they've just—they have so much to build on. Um, I think of our top seven for cross, two of them were rookies, which is insane. Um, having two rookies that can even be on the top seven, let alone like score points uh, and be on a civil, silver medalist team is insane. Um, so it is really exciting to see for like the future of our distance, women's distance team at least. Uh, flipping over to track, how long is the, and that's the other thing I always love, the, the, the fact that there may be that, is it only seven to 10 days where you go from, because we, if we think back a couple of years ago, I'm not going to go back too far in time. <laughs> I believe you went cross country to track, back to cross country, back to track in about a three week span because of the whole FISU thing. Um, you know, what, what was this year a little bit, I, I don't want to say easier to transition, but when you only had to go from cross to track and it stayed that way. Yeah, that was definitely a lot easier than having to think about, oh, I have a 10 kilometer cross country race in the middle of my track season. That's super not ideal. Um, but the transition was a lot easier. And the seven to 10 days, that's, that's just time off of running at all. So like that's time doing absolutely nothing physical. Um, and then even after that, we have like a week of easy runs. So it really is two to two and a half weeks of no workouts. Um, so that makes the transition a lot easier. 
but I still see that group of you know, people dressed in purple that are doing the runs around the rec centers and uh, outside and across the parking lot because uh, it's usually my, my favorite when it seems like any time that I'm either getting into my truck periodically, I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Good to see you. Um, and, then and then all of a sudden I just, you know, I'm not even paying attention a couple of times and I got, hey, Ryan, I'm like, Oh, hey, Kate. Um, so, uh, coming into the track season, sort of thing. How how was it? Was it a calm perspective because you knew you just you know you had a goal in mind, sort of thing, or was it a little bit hectic because you were kind of thinking, this is how well things could go based on you know kind of how your training kind of had gone at that point. Um, yeah, the cross country. I'm sorry, I'm flipping back to cross country. The cross <laughs> country good. season was a kind of frustrating um, because my fitness had been a lot better than any year previous. It just didn't show in the results. So knowing that and bringing that into the track season was uh, really exciting because um, I knew this is the fittest I've ever been. And like I did, I was successful in track two years ago off of that fitness. So I did know that I could do even better this year. Uh, it was just a matter of, are we going to have a season? Um, cause it was a lot of back and forth for all of December and even January. Um, we weren't able to train together in, I think it was December, Jan beginning of January, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so that made it really difficult and not having that kind of team atmosphere, um, almost diminished the season in a way um but once we were able to have team practices like the the energy came back so quickly um so that was that was really nice once we were eventually able to do that you, you get in through those first couple of meets sort of thing you, you're kind of gearing up sort of thing i know you and Guy have your uh i believe you said it three to four times a week of going in and just questioning the training plan and everything like that um at, at what point did you kind of go did, did you know the entire time that you know things were gearing up for probably some pretty good success or was it kind of at a certain point you kind of said all right i think this is this is trending in the fashion that i, I we need to be in sort of thing I don't think I really knew what level of fitness I was at until the first race. Um, so I flew to Victoria in, at the end of January to do an outdoor 3K race because it was the only thing available and I didn't want to be stuck not having races before a championship season. Um, so I did that race and I closed in my fastest kilometer ever at that point in my life. Um, so that was that was really exciting. And then after that, we started getting onto the track for workouts um, and through the track workouts. You know, we do a lot of um, the same workouts year to year. And so you can kind of go back and look at the previous times. And it's a really easy way of uh, determining your fitness. And so a lot of my times were considerably faster. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't really until that first race that I was like, ah, kind of fit right now. <laughs> um OU's obviously the 3k the the one I know the 1500 was uh a neck and neck thing uh take us through the talk about the because obviously it goes 3k then 1500 and obviously uh I, I recall sending a text message going was Kate on the relay too and I got no we're, we're holding <laughs> things out on the relay I'm sure there's a side story there um take us through kind of coming into OU's uh, kind of how how confident were you going into that first the 3k event um, yeah, the focus was the 3K. I just, you have to focus on the first race that you have. Um, so that was the 3K for me. And I had a lot of confidence given that 
if you look if you looked at the U Sports rankings, like it was, I and mean, I don't want to base all of like my pre race thoughts on rankings, obviously, because so many things can happen in a race. Um, but seeing you know the top times aren't from the OUA, um, it was exciting. <laughs> um, so I just went into it wanting to kind of conserve as much energy um, as I could for the 1500 because I knew the 1500 on the other hand, I think it was like top, there were nine people uh, from the OUA in the top 12 of U Sports or something like that. It was insanely deep in the OUA. Um, so I was wanting to conserve as much energy from the 3K to use towards the 15. Um, and that's, that's how it went. It was slow for the first 2K and a pretty fast last kilometer. And then obviously 1500, uh, that one's, uh, and, and it's interesting because I'm sure to the average person, they go, wait a second, isn't, shouldn't it be easier to run 1500 and not 3000, but it's a reverse mentality thing. Uh, talk about the 1500, because obviously that was, that was a neck and neck scenario and you knew mm -hmm. there was going to be some pretty tight competition in that one. Yeah, I have been racing Jazz, who won the 1500. I've been racing her for nine years, and I've been getting blown out of the water in the last 200 meters by her for nine years. Um, so it really wasn't anything new, um, which is a horrible mentality to have. But, you know, she's an incredible runner, has an incredible kick. Um, so both of us knew it was going to be a two-person race at the end. Um, it was just a matter of who's going to go first and who's got the fastest leg speed at the end. And on that day, it was jazz. Um, so I, you know, it was one of those races where uh, you, you did everything that you could in that time. Um, and it's easy to say after the fact, like, Oh, I should have kicked earlier or, Oh, I should have like saved more for the end, that type of thing. But on that day, that was definitely like the best that I had. And I'm very happy with both races. A uh, couple battles coming away from OU's. Uh, how much going into U Sport did you say? All right, uh, I know your competitive angle. You are easily one of the nicest people I've ever met. So, but I know like, you've got that little competitive edge. And, and was it another time where you kind of went, I think I'm okay on the 3K, but I've got my focus on that 1500 sort of thing? Honestly, I couldn't even think about the 1500 until after the 3K. Like, not a single thought about the 15 was running through my mind um, up until, I guess, the Friday night after the 3K. Um, so I was really just focused on the 3K, and that was, like, that was my goal for the meet. Um, and I was, I think, far more nervous for the 3K than I was the 1500. Um, you know, you have Jesse LaCourse in the race who's – won the 3K two years in a row, won cross country, and that's pretty intimidating. Um, but she did go to Brazil the weekend before to race cross country race. So I, I kept using that in my head and I was like, she's gonna be tired. Not sure if that was true, but I was telling myself that. <laughs> um, so the 3K, that was my focus. Um, just convincing myself that uh, although she has a, mm, nine second lead over me in terms of pbs it anything can happen in, cha in a championship race uh gold in three 3k you get to the 1500 uh the 1500 race is happening how much and i recall seeing a final turn 
and a quick peek over the shoulder. How much do you remember that peek over the shoulder? Was that the uh, Jazz is, is in the vicinity and I know how fast she closes perspective? Or was that a... I think I might have. I think I might have this thing. No, I think you're talking about the three K because yep. I checked twice in the three K. I looked around my shoulder two times. I think in the last hundred meters of the three K, um, just you know, making sure Jessie wasn't still on me. And she had checked back. She took the lead at like a kilometer to go, and within like two laps of her taking the lead, she looked back twice, and I was like, "This is good for me." You know, she's checking, making sure, like checking if I'm still there. She's definitely hurting. So I was using that as like fuel to keep going. Um, but I looked back twice in the 3K. And I was like, okay, I definitely have this. And then after the first time I looked, I was like, wait, I don't I don't remember seeing her. Like, where was she again? So I had to check again. But in the 1500, I would not dare look behind me when I'm racing Jazz Shukla. Absolutely not. I will never do that. <laughs> this is the downside of you having so many top quality races this year. I'm confusing the bunch of them at this point. So, um, you, you get those double medals uh, at U Sports sort of thing. How um, I know there's obviously emotion at that point. There's, you know, you know, oppositions, you know, recognizing each other. It looked like you and Jazz had a conversation there shortly afterwards sort of thing. Is that the uh, is that the scenario where it's like as much as you're competing against each other, everybody's kind of, you know, you're not rooting for each other, but you're obviously recognized, you know, skill recognizes skill kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, there is a, a lot of respect for competitors in the sport. I, I mean, like I've said, I've been racing Jazz for nine years and she's an incredible athlete. Like, it's, it's hard not to acknowledge everything that she's accomplished and her level of talent um so although you know we always want to beat each other we're still friends like we're still gonna cheer each other on and like root for each other um and you see that with a lot of uh people in not only oua but like u sports there there's a lot of respect for one another uh, I know when you were initially uh, female athlete of the year a couple of years ago uh, I believe you went to Guy and said I'm, I'm really excited about this how do I get a purple blanket? Um, and then last year you get the Jones trophy, you get the purple blanket. Uh, at what point did you say to Gee, do you think I can be two time athlete of the year? Or did you even, do you even think about it at all? It, it wasn't on my mind. My goal was the purple blanket, Ryan. I really wanted that. That's been my goal since like first year. Um, and I didn't realize that people could be athlete of the year twice. So it wasn't really on my radar. And then, he after the championship event or uh u-sports he was like ah, yeah you're uh probably gonna be nominated it's like oh what a bonus <laughs> i love it here <laughs> well we don't mind recognizing you at all so <laughs> what, what what did it mean to obviously as you say not expecting it sort of thing did it come with a surprise i know at that point you're just coming off obviously a double medal in the national championship was this kind of like the the proverbial sunday with the kind of cherry on top perspective or yeah, it was just it, like such an honor. I, I couldn't believe it, like not only once, but twice being recognized as athlete of the earth. It, it's insane. Um, and I did, uh, I didn't really think about it because, you know, I did have such a crappy uh, cross country season. I was like, oh, you know, I, I am a dual sport athlete and only really showed up for one of them. So being recognized for that one and, and having that recognized as like the top season and being the western's top female athlete it's it's wild 
Um, two Athlete of the Years, F- uh, FWP Jones, uh, a purple blanket. Did you think the career would go this well when you walked in the door in a in a? They handed you a tracksuit in purple and white. Um, no. <laughs> I made. I remember thinking in in first year, I was just so grateful to have made the top seven for cross country, and I was like going to nationals like this is the peak of my athletic career this is amazing like i'm going to nationals i'm amazing and it's insane how far we've come Uh, I mentioned off the top, I know you have a great connection with your coach, Guy Schultz. Uh, I liked, we both like to poke at Guy as much as possible. He's <laughs> easily one of the nicest people. Um, how impactful has he been to your time here? Oh my God, I would be nowhere without Guy. Like, honestly, I, in first year, did not have a lot of trust in Guy's program, which is why I showed up to his office three times a week, like knocking on his door, like, Guy, why are we doing this workout? Like, what is this training program? I've never seen anything like this. And every time he'd be like, all right, sit down. And he would go through it and he would pull out Jack Daniel's running formula, um, which is like a book of all the workouts and training programs for every distance ever. And he's like, this is why we're doing this workout. This is why we're doing this workout. This is why, like, these are your paces. If you can run these paces, then you can run this in a race. And I was like, ah, oh, all right. Makes sense. So it was like probably a full year of like getting used to Guy's program and trusting the program. And once that happened, there was like a lot of progress really quickly. Um, It's not until you fully accept and dive into the training program that you're going to see results. And fortunately, he was patient enough with me through that process that um, I was able to kind of get to the other side and really fully accept the program. Um, So obviously, he was like instrumental in my running career. Did you find that the younger members of both the cross and track team started coming to you at points and kind of saying, Kate, why, why are we having to do this and this? And then you almost became almost a semi-advocate for Guy's programming of way of doing, you know, well, he does this and we do that. But I did know, I asked him about it and he said, he was like, there were times where Kate would challenge me on a few things and we'd come to a bit of a compromise. And he goes, and there may or may not have been a couple of times where I admitted that maybe she was right. Yes, that's so great to hear. Um, yeah, I would definitely say I'm a huge advocate for Guy's training program. And when people do uh, challenge his program, I, you know, that was me for all of first year and probably a good chunk of second year. So, you know, I completely understand when younger athletes are questioning the program and kind of challenging Guy. But I did get to the point where I was like, you can do this. Just like accept that Guy knows what he's doing. Um, and I feel like I was a pretty good example of that program working because I came in as a 400, 800 runner and not only did well as like a 15, 3K runner, but I also became a much better cross country runner. So it's just proof that Guy's program works. Uh, I know we're, I'm, I'm not trying to keep you all day. I know you said periodically <laughs> I'm allowed to, but I'm going to try and let you go. Um, have you had time to kind of has there been time to kind of sit back and kind of go kind of decompress sort of thing? Or is it the fact that you literally went U sports and to another training that you'll, it'll be like, you know, it'll be the middle of summer before you kind of sit back and kind of go, okay, that chapter is now complete and kind of have that time to kind of, you know, look back sort of thing. Or is it, uh, or has it always uh, already kind of started to go through your mind a bit? 
Well, I did have a 30 hour car ride to process everything. So that gave me a lot of time to like sit and think. Um, and, it, and it has been sad at times. Like I've been a varsity athlete at Western for six years, like having an identity crisis here. Who am I? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's still going to take a lot of time to sink in. And Guy did text me like probably five days after U Sports and he's like, has it sunk in? Like, you're a double gold medalist. I was like, yeah, weird. How did that happen? Um, so it's still, it's definitely still sinking in. You mean you're not walking around in New Mexico just with like the double gold medals, just going, hey guys, how you doing? Nice to see you. I really uh, should. <laughs> why not? You got the hardware to go with it. Um, obviously you mentioned you're doing the training right now. Uh, kind of what's what's the next step sort of thing? Because I know for you, um, the, the world is wide open to basically what you want it to be. What What's the plan for Kate uh, going forward? Ooh, that is a great question, Ryan. Um, short term, uh, we're looking forward to like a, a pretty big outdoor season. I'm hoping to come back from New Mexico and get in some quick races and hopefully some PBs. Um, and then there are a couple meets out west that I'm planning on going to in June, uh, which includes nationals. So I'm, I'm really hoping to make a finals at nationals that would be really really cool um and then long term i'm definitely planning on continuing running uh, i'm not too sure what my running is going to look like i am planning on uh finding hopefully a job in my my field civil engineering so it is going to be tough combining you know a nine to five with training um but i am planning on tackling both which will be really exciting. So we'll see how it all works out. Yeah, your academic schedule wasn't exactly light either while you were here, you know, just, just civil engineering, right? So uh, I did take a reduced course load. Still, I'm sure it wasn't easy. So we'll just leave it at that. So um, have, you, have you ordered a new trophy case? So, because I'm assuming it needed to expand a little bit. I haven't ordered one yet, but I think I'll have to. What I'm really looking forward to getting is a blanket ladder to showcase my purple blanket because that's really that's my favorite thing ever <laughs> favorite thing ever is the purple blanket i think the only thing we still need to do is get you to come back at some point so we can get a proper photo of you with your purple blanket oh please this summer <laughs> the the office is always open to you anytime you want no problem Amazing. no questions asked so we're gonna have a uh, full photo shoot with my purple blanket it's like it'll be kate current photo shoot day it'll be totally okay um <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for this. I know you you're, you've got training and stuff, so I uh, appreciate you doing this and uh, look forward to photo shoot day and uh, enjoy the rest of the training. Thank you so much, Ryan. Joined now by this year's Male Athlete of the Year. I think he's going to have a few more titles to go along with that in the next couple of weeks, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Deontay, Deontay, nice to see you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you, Ryan, and um, you know, I'm just blessed to be here. Uh, first things first, I've asked everybody of our award winners this year, before we get to the award side of things, um, how great was it for you guys? I know obviously the season went really well for obviously the football team, but, uh, simply put, how great was it to get back to competition this year? Cause I know you guys were just chomping at the bit to get back out there. Yeah, to, to be honest, you know, it was a really hard time to be a student athlete. You know, I can definitely speak for the student athletes and say it was definitely one of the biggest challenges we challenges we ever had to face in our lives you know a year 
off of sport a year off of competing and you you'd be surprised on like the mental battles you have to go through you know to train every day to be consistent you know even when um you know the the weight rooms and you know the gyms are closed we have to find our own means of training and being consistent to to our craft right and so um it's it's just a really proud year to see all the success we've had at a school um just like for athletics and for academics as well you know we have the most scholared student athletes on top of winning the most Ontario um, championships. So I think that's a, a really great accomplishment. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what's going to be happening next uh, for the great Western Mustangs. Uh, take me back, obviously, 2020 season, obviously, as you said, was canceled. I remember hearing a lot of guys saying, I'm just using this as fuel to get ready for when we get back into onto the field. Uh, goes without saying that, you know, with a, a Vanier Cup win that uh, everybody was firing on, on all cylinders to get back and, and make things happen. Yeah, that was the ultimate goal. You know, that was definitely the ultimate goal as, as veterans and captains. You know, we had a lot of older guys come back and sacrifice their jobs that they had lined up for them just to, have another opportunity to play with their best friends and win another championship. And, you know, as the season went by, the one thing we kept emphasizing on is take it one week at a time, you know, taking it one practice at a time, one lift at a time, one meeting at a time, and just be consistent, have consistent effort, have consistent passion every day. And, um, you know, even when it was getting tough and the body started wearing down a little, a little bit later on in the season, you know, um, that's why we had we had an amazing training staff this year, you know, that was, uh, you know, led by Doug Stacy. So and he's just a legend of his own. So just having him with us just really, really helped us this year for sure. Keeping all the boys healthy. I mean, I don't think we had any any or many major injuries this year besides a few, you know. So um, I thought on that front, we did uh, an amazing job as a group, too. The, the magic hands of Doug Stacy, I think, is it was uh, it was te deemed this year. And, uh, you know, Dougie's one of the best and we're, we're lucky to have him. So I know you guys uh, appreciate having him as well. Uh, at what point this year did you get to kind of you get the feeling or a couple of guys get the feeling and kind of say, um, you know, you've seen a couple of groups uh, obviously over the couple of years that you've been here. At what point did you kind of get a feeling something was special about this group to do something, something big this year? Um, I knew in the offseason this group is going to be special, you know, just knowing, seeing um, the work ethic from all the older guys, you know, seeing, you know, um, the, the means of what we were doing to make sure we were training consistently as a group. You know, there's a whole bunch of guys that decided to stay in London during COVID. And so I think that's what really helped us, too, is that, you know, we were locked in as a group for over a year. Right. Like locked in on the singular goal, you know, get ready to come back for football and go and win a national championship. And I think um, that as a collective group, as a collective, you know, a leadership group, leader group, we, we did a great job of that. And um, it was just an incredible experience, you know, the process of just grinding and not knowing when you're going to play football again. It was, you know, it was terrifying, but at the same time, it was, extremely rewarding by the by the end of it when we were lifting that trophy above our heads in december i mean that feeling was just it was indescribable it was just incredible 
Were there a few highlights throughout the year for you, uh, you know, individual moments? I know, obviously, you were out there, you know, full force efforts. Uh, I, th- I feel like every week I was clipping a highlight or two that was just Deontay sack, Deontay sack, Deontay sack. Uh, it got to the point where in my download section of, of clips, I actually had to start naming them against opponents <laughs> because it was just Deontay sack number three, four, five, six. Um, I know there were there a couple of big moments throughout the year uh, outside of obviously trophy championship side of things that you're kind of, you know, looking back now, you kind of said, you know, that that was a big play sort of thing throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, the biggest test as a, as a defense, cause I play on, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I thought a biggest test this year was going to be Waterloo for sure. Cause they have a, a really explosive quarterback Trey Ford, And, um, uh, I thought my favorite play that I made this year was uh, solo sacking Trey Ford this year in the in the playoff game. You know, like I thought that moment for me was uh, was was uh, super special because you know, like I've always I always want to compete against the best. I want to compete and um, beat the best the best talent. And so, um, just me individually, like being able to make a play like that when they're about to score in our red zone. You know, like in like a clutch sack, you know, getting a clutch sack versus Trey Ford. I thought that was uh, the highlight of uh, and my individual um, play highlight for the year, just for myself. But, um, you know, like playing with a D line that's filled with, you know, CFL caliber talent with Austin Forum Miller and Nick Terrio and Malcolm Hines, like I don't have to worry about getting double teamed, you know, at all. So, um, you know, just being on single, you know, single block, like, single blocks the whole game like you know basically just that helps too so um gotta shout out my guys in the trenches uh malcolm hines if he doesn't intimidate you on the football field just wait till he comes to a men's basketball game and he's uh he's chirping the opposition team uh if you're if you're in alumni hall you know exactly where malcolm hines is at all times because he's uh he's, he's letting you he's letting you know so um uh, <laughs> Coming into that Vanier game, uh, obviously, you know, the, the the playoffs, you guys had a pretty dominating performance across the board. You get through Mitchell Bull and uh, and you know, do a, obviously a really good job of taking a win against St. FX. The, the playing conditions were a little bit of an adventure for the Vanier Cup. Uh, talk about that. Was that one of the toughest, you know, playing conditions, field conditions, you know, the, the cold weather and all that. Was that kind of the toughest game? And talk about what that experience was like, because I know talking to kind of the running backs when I was talking to Keon, he was saying, you know, oh, it's tough to, you know, take the run and, you know, make a cut because I can't really cut the same way. What was it like on the defensive side of the ball? Because uh, it was probably a little bit <laughs> extra question marks when you're kind of top of guy with the ball and you don't know what direction he's going to go. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, definitely the most memorable football game I've played in my life, you know, so – um, in terms of the field conditions, I'll, I'll be straight up like two days before the game, it was borderline unplayable conditions. Like in practice, guys were slipping all over the place. Guys were slipping and bashing their knees and their heads and stuff because of the ice, you know? Um, I remember having to get, uh, like saltage mid practice, like G Marsh called some guys and then sooner, sure enough, he had guys come in and, um, help salt and shovel off the seats and stuff like that. But um, we actually have to change our footwear too. Everybody on the team, like the night before the game, um, the coaching staff went out and purchased um, these painted Manning shoes, like the ugliest cleats you could ever imagine, you know? Like everybody, including the DBs, were, were wearing um, O-line shoes. So it was, it was pretty funny to see, you know? But um, it was necessary, you know, like – 
there was no way we were going to be able to play a game with our norm that game with our normal cleats. It was just the field was wasn't built for that, you know. So, um, just like the cold itself, you know, was tough. You know, hitting the ground, you know, hurt a little bit more and stuff like that. But you know, like by halftime, we were we were we were just locked in. You know, like no one was really freaking out. You know, like they were up on us at halftime, but everybody was calm in the locker room. We were just like, all right, guys, like. Let's get it together. You know, I know we're a second half team, but this is the time now we got to be a second half team. So, um, you know, we got the job done um, as a as a group and it was it was special, you know, despite facing that type of adversity, you know, um, coming, you know, sticking together and, you know, going through the storm together and, you know, beating up on some big farm boys. You know, it was it was tough, you know, it was tough, but it was it was well worth it. Uh, I remember being in that room when the shoes started uh, making their way in in boxes and just the look on guys' face. Some guys were looking at it like it was Christmas morning. They got a new present they got to work with. Other guys are looking at the shoes going, how do I work with these things? So it was, <laughs> it was a bit of an adventure sort of thing for sure. Um, take me back to, uh, before we kind of move a little bit further on down the line, take me back to trophy presentation you're on the stage with your guys sort of thing uh i've got at least uh, 15 or 20 pictures of uh, you guys uh especially there, there's some pretty big deontay cheers going on up there uh how memorable is that particular moment of being on the stage seeing your your teammates and your boys uh, just down below uh there's obviously the the senior groups up top uh, to getting that trophy how, is that the, the most memorable thing for you right now yeah you know we know before I came to Western, you know, I was never, I was never a winner, you know, like I never won a high school championship. I never won a, a peewee championship, you know, like I never won a first place championship in any athletic, you know, activity I did in my life ever, you know? And so, um, you know, coming to Western, that was just the ultimate goal. You know, I wanted to be a part of a championship culture, a championship team, you know, I wanted to be a part of you know, um, excellence. And, you know, it took, you know, I was here in 2018, you know, we almost got the job done and then, you know, had an unfortunate ending. And then 2019, you know, we didn't get the job done, you know, had another unfortunate ending, but then we had to wait a whole year to come back. And so, you know, that was, you know, like the whole, that whole path of just like losing the season, losing the Yates cup, losing the Vanier, you know, like that all, like, I feel like conditioned us, to for this national championship because we just we just lost so much as a group and it was about time that you know we we have to seal the deal and we sealed the deal this year so um i'm really proud of my boys you know it was the most memorable year i've ever ever had in my life and i'm sure a lot of those guys can say the same for for a guy who didn't win much before he came here this year did a whole lot of a whole lot of wins a whole lot of w's and a whole lot of trophies to go along with it the (laughs) night before uh, a couple nights before vanier you uh, are obviously named the top lineman of the year for U Sport JP, JP Metris Trophy. Obviously, you get the OUA one before that. Uh, how special was that? Because I know, uh, I know you were you were you were you were adjusting that uh, that acceptance speech on your phone even like minutes beforehand, sort of thing. How how, how special was it to get to name that award? And uh, was it G Marsh that, that told you about it? Because I know they were trying to figure out at what point do we tell Deontay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I kept getting hints, you know, throughout the week, I kept getting little hints here and there, like, you know, you're nominated for this thing, Deontay. So, 
get a speech ready. So I was just like, okay, you know, I'm not sure. I, I didn't even know that I was going to win it until like the day of, you know, the day of that's when I was like, okay, I'm probably going to win this thing. I better get the speech going. And so, you know, just working on the, the speech at the dinner table, you know, trying to think of everybody that I had to thank. And that, you know, of course, most importantly, my teammates and my family and my coaches, you know, those are the big three that, you know, that have to get, Shout it out. The winner of the JP Metris Outstanding Lineman Award is Deontay. That night, that night was super special for sure. You know, like that was like my personal vindication of that, you know, all the hard work that, you know, we put in together as a, as a D-line group, you know, like as much as it is, it's a, as it's recognized as an individual award, i like, I kind of disagree with it being a, an individual award because I think it represents the kind of group that you have in the trenches of the whole, not just on D-line, but on offensive line as well. I mean, when you have Zach Fry, Eric Anderson, Phil Grohovec, Elliot Beamer, and Spencer Hood, you know, holding down the O-line, you know, that's going to make you way, way better as a defensive lineman, you know, every single day, you know. And so we have a saying in the trenches here, you know, iron sharpens iron. And um, I think that trophy just represents what kind of group we had um, as as a as a whole, you know, like how we were able to compete every day against each other and how every rep for us was an important rep and we didn't take reps off. And I think that's what ultimately, you know, um, you know, helped helped me get the Metris the Metris trophy. But, you know, um I think I see that as a representation of what kind of group we had as a offensive line and a defensive line this year. Uh, I would be remiss. I know a couple times you had a couple acceptance speeches this year, and you made sure to mention a certain somebody, and that would be your mom. Personally, I'd like to thank my mother. Without her, I cannot pursue my dream of playing football. She's my backbone, and I'm proud to be her son. I have the best mother in the world. Um, yeah. So I, I think I, I think I would be doing a mistake in my own job if I didn't ask you about uh, about this wonderful lady and maybe share a bit about her to the mm -hmm. folks. What, watching and listening you know obviously we all know how, how important all of our moms are but uh, I know for you, you you make a point every time that you're you know anytime you're talking about your career and your path uh, you're always mentioning your mom so I feel like uh, sh share with us a little bit about the about this lady and why she's so important yeah so um yeah yeah my mom is a you know a super special lady to me she's she's sacrificed so much I mean, I can't even say how much she sacrificed, but she sacrificed a lot for me to be able to pursue my dreams of to play football, whether that be at a prep school, at JUCO or at Western University. You know, she's been with me every step of the way, you know, supporting me um, spiritually, physically, um, emotionally. She's just, you know, like my backbone. And she's she's like the reason why I, I wake up and I want to strive for excellence because I want to, I want to see her proud. I want to make her happy, you know, and seeing her excitement when I make a big play or, um, you know, going to this shrine bowl and then having her come to come down to Vegas to come watch me play football, you know, like stuff like that is priceless. And, you know, and she's, I just want to continue making her proud. And it's been my mission ever since I was 13 years old that, um, I'm going to make her proud in any way I can. So the best way to repair her, to repay her sacrifices and her efforts is to see my dreams come true. Uh, Deontay, I know I, I speak, I use this example. You were here one day, we were taking <coughs> some pictures of you and my daughter was here as well. She's eight years old 
you are still her favorite player because every time we talk about football, she is. Remember that that guy? He was really <laughs> big, but he was he was at first he would kind of scared me, but then he was really nice to me. So uh, <laughs> he's just she's and every time she's like she she was the, the big guy. Is he does he play well this year? Did did he have a good game this year? Uh, that's just your personality. Like for somebody, you know, when you're on the field. There, there. It's almost. Is there a flip of a switch mentality? Because obviously, I know for you, off the field, you, you're super nice. You're always, you know, appreciative to the coaches and everybody who is kind of working with you. When you're on the field, it's fierce. It's force. It probably scares a lot of people, but that's probably the way you want it. Um, you know, how much do you enjoy that that aspect of when you flip onto the field? It's a different personality. When you're off the field, you're easily, you know, without saying, one of the nicest student athletes we have on this campus. Thank you. Thank you. I really. I really appreciate that, Ryan, and that's it's super humbling to hear that because this community is filled with incredible leaders and incredible student athletes who are just, you know, so much so committed to uh, making the school a better place and making their varsity teams better. But um, yeah, you know, like I like to say, like when I when when we play football, you know, like I have I have a personal saying, you know, it's like, you know, right now I'm I'm Bruce Wayne, and then. When I put on the football helmet and the jersey, I turn into the Batman, right? So um, that's kind of like my mentality, you know. Just you just got to turn into um, like like a different person for sure. You definitely do like go for, through a little of a transformation, a spiritual transformation on game day. But um, once you get into the flow of it, once you you know get those jitters out and you get that first you know couple of tackles, you're like, all right, I like I've done this a thousand times, like. Once you have that confidence, um, it's especially as a defensive player, if you have, I know, a ton of confidence and all your guys you're playing next to you have a ton of confidence, I mean, you're just – you're going to play fast defensive football and just fly around and, you know, play smash mouth football. And that's the brand that Coach Gleason likes – wants us to play is just fast, physical, and um, and, and encouraging your teammates and um, and uplifting your teammates when they make a big play. Uh, flip forward here to the uh, our Mustangs Awards a few weeks ago. Um, did, did you know ahead of time that you were in the mix for Athlete of the Year? Did you have a good feeling about it? Uh, there, there. I always say it's guys to me all the time. Uh, it's, it's it's exciting to be a nominee. It's obviously great to win. But uh, what was your thoughts and uh, you know going into that net, that day? Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you, Ryan. I had no idea I was even nominated for that award. You know, like. I never got any word about it. You know, I talked to G Marsh about it afterwards and he was just like, yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even, they didn't even tell me anything Beyonce. I didn't even know Keon was going to, was going to be winning something. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, it was nice, but you know what? Um, I thought all the other um, nominees were, were could have won easily could have won it too. You know, um, especially with Omar Shido, you know, what he went through in the off season, you know, um, with his injury and then him coming back and then leading the nation in new sports and scoring. I think, you know, that's, that's extremely special. And he had an historic season and he deserves, um, I thought he would, could have easily won it as well. But, um, you know, I thought, I thought it was a blessing for sure. You know, um, it was, it was nice to have as like, kind of like the final, you know, like the final, you know, kind of award that I was going to win, you know, at Western, you know, but it was it was cool. It was definitely really really cool. You know, um, being considered the you know male athlete of the year. You know, um, it, I just felt really really uh, privileged and and 
an honor to get that award, you know, because of all the great athletes, especially football players that played here in the past, and they um, maybe they weren't, they, they maybe they didn't receive that award, but you know, just um, just being being a recipient of that award is is extremely special, and um, I'm gonna savor it forever for sure. That trophy case is gonna get a lot bigger at uh, mom's house, right? Oh yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's already getting pretty filled up. You know, there's a couple of things in there right now, but. <laughs> Uh, I know there's some big dates coming up on your calendar, and I have a feeling that you and I are probably going to talk in a few weeks when uh, when a, a certain CFL and an NFL draft are around the corner. How yeah. much are you looking forward to those couple of dates? Uh, obviously, because uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you went down and played in the East West Shrine Bowl. At uh, you know, getting to play in that big stadium down in in Vegas. Uh, you were at a couple of NFL Pro Days. Uh, I see a CFL Combine sweater there. Uh, you know, you were at the National Combine there as well. Uh, how excited are you for this this next? little bit of time here to see you kind of where the the next avenues kind of take you yeah um you know it's 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 exciting but also it's scary at the same time because you don't know where you're going to be living for the next two to three years so um that part of it is uh is pretty wild but it's also a blessing knowing that um i'm probably i probably will will hear my name called on you know draft day so um i just have to be patient I just have to be, you know, be humble, continue to just be hungry, you know, keep my expectations low, you know, don't want to be too high, don't want to be too low. So, you know, that's just the biggest thing for myself is just to, you know, just enjoy, just enjoy the process. I mean, like I've been on a kind of like a nonstop go ever since uh, December um, has ended, right, at the Vanier and then I had the Shrine Bowl and then I had the Combine and so like, I haven't really, and then I have exams now. Like I've been on go mode for, you know, a really long time now. So um, it's going to be nice to get a break, you know, Um, finally, you know, start making a little bit of money off of my sport, you know, playing my sport. So, you know, that part's going to be pretty nice too. Don't have to keep diving into my mom's pockets. Hey mom, can I get some grocery money? Like (laughs) that, I'm happy that's going to be a dead conversation, but um, I'm just the worst part for me, honestly, Ryan, like is just going to be missing out on, you know, like the purity of coll- collegiate sports, you know, um, I just, I'm, I'm, I've already, I'm already missing my teammates a lot, you know, like it's really hard for me because, um, I've been with them for four years now and they're just, they're the best teammates I could have I, I could have asked for, and they've been so supportive. And you know, do just encourage each other all the time and support each other's dreams. And the the brotherhood that we that we built, it's gonna be hard to leave for sure. You know, I'm like I've teared up a couple of times thinking about it. You know, leaving, but um, um, I I think I think I'm not gonna be a stranger though. I'm I'm gonna come back. You know, once in a while, and you know, check in on the boys and come watch a couple of games of alumni. You know. Maybe be maybe this time be in the beer tent. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, a fun a fun ride being on the other side of it for sure. Don't worry, the big purple and white doors will always be wide open for you anytime you want to come back through. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I hope so. <laughs> but before I let you go, and I know for you, uh, you had mentioned obviously about, uh, you know, growing up and, you know, seeing guys that were an inspiration for you. 
is it weird or is it are you enjoying the fact that now you're the inspiration for that the junior mustang kid the 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 10 or 12 year old kid who's coming to watch a mustangs game and they're looking and saying you know hey, I, I, you know number seven i want to be deontay knight uh you know is is that still a little bit weird or are you enjoying the fact because i know you're a big advocate for you know young kids and, and getting people involved with the game and, and all that kind of stuff so how much are you enjoying that and wanting to kind of carry that forward yeah, you know, um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, you know, when I came here in 2018, all I, all I ever wanted to do was I wanted to be like Phil Dion and Frazier Sopic and, and Alex Taylor, you know, and Cedric Joseph, I wanted to be those guys. Right. Um, so it was just, it's, it's really special for sure. You know, like being a leader on the team, but, um, um, it's all thanks to the, you know, that's a special thing about Western is that it kind it just it's a breeding ground of transforming young people into young men, young contributors to society. And I think um, that's what uh, Coach Gleason, Coach Gleason, and Co- Coach Marshall have done an amazing job is taking young people and turning them into men. And um, I'm forever I have eternal gratefulness um, for both of them for uh, developing developing me into the man I am today. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, it's, it's a, spe- it's just special, you know, like being able to just, you know, like, just look like always wanted to be Alex Taylor or, you know, Cedric Joseph. And now, you know, um, you know, I'm a leader, I'm a, I'm there, I'm like their spot, you know, like I'm the lead, the big guy on the team. Right. Um, but it's, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the big guy on the team if I didn't have those guys. And if I didn't have Andrew Thurston and, and Stadnick and Jimmy Hawley, I wouldn't, if I didn't have those guys, then there would be no Deontay Knight. So um, I just got to pay it forward to those guys for paving the way for myself. Uh, I know downside for us that it looks like, uh, you know, seeing as the NFL and CFL teams and everything want you now, it means we won't see you in purple and white again. What's your message to those guys who are still on the team right now and those future, uh, you know, recruits that are coming in? Uh, what's your message to those guys to kind of carry on the tradition and the, the way you do things? Because if I recall correctly, I've been on a bus a time or two where Deontay is walking up and down and giving the marching orders to everybody. Um, it scared me a little bit, and I was almost got to the point where I started cleaning the bus. So uh, <laughs> what, what's your message to those guys who are, you know, going forward this season and then and then down the line? Um. I'll, I'll keep it simple. It's it's really simple, you know, and it's either you're going to do it or not. It's you got to work hard, dedicate yourself, enjoy the process and have fun. Those are, those are the biggest thing, you know, work hard, dedicate yourself, enjoy the process and have fun, you know, and if you don't do those things, then you'll be, you'll have a great student athlete career at Western. Awesome, my friend. Appreciate this. And uh, as I said, uh, I'm sure I'll be calling you in a few weeks from now when we uh, we need to talk about some draft stuff. So I try I try yeah. to keep that I try to keep that stuff aside for now because I feel like we we still have like a part B kind of thing. But we wanted to make sure we we recognize you as our male athlete of the year. And uh, congratulations on a Vanier win. Uh, obviously, the two lineman of the year awards and male athlete of the year, uh, well deserved. Thank you, thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I'm extremely humbled. And uh, go Mustangs.